Welcome to The Close Podcast, where we break down how to hire effectively and how to land your dream job into easily digestible chunks. Each week, we'll break down a recruitment-related subject, giving our perspective and advice, and we'll also answer listener questions. Welcome to The Close Podcast. This week, I've got our MD, Simon Hare, with me. Um, he's the best man to shed light on this week's topic, and he was the driving force behind precision sourcing and bedding uh, this into our day-to-day. So the topic that we're going to discuss today is how to utilize LinkedIn to support your job search. Great question. Um, thanks for having me on your podcast, Chris. Of course. Very exciting. Um, so I think, first of all, you need to think about LinkedIn and what do people go there for? Do you know the number one reason why people go to LinkedIn? Go on. Do you know? I would say to connect with their peers. It's to be entertained. That's what the research shows. So people are going to LinkedIn to be entertained. Um, so it's quite interesting that we're talking about how you can then leverage this tool that people are going to to be entertained. To Is that going to LinkedIn over Facebook and Instagram or as well as? I don't know. I just know the course I went on um, told me that. Um, and LinkedIn originally was a dating um, a dating app that they put together, a dating website. Yeah, that right. has evolved and we've seen it evolve massively over the last 10 years. But 100%, if you're looking for work, there's some cool ways you could leverage LinkedIn. Um, other than the traditional way of um, yeah, applying for a job, perhaps. Yeah, fair. So I guess for us as a business, we embedded the use of LinkedIn really heavily, didn't we? And you, you brought that to the table, what, about two years ago, maybe? Yeah, I reckon, yeah. Early stages of COVID. Yeah. Off the back of um, Hoxo with Sean Anderson, the guy in the UK there, who's a bit of a guru. And we took it even further now um, with some reading and research and other insight that we've done. Um, and now it's a massively important tool for us in terms of branding and marketing and um, a massive part of what we do day to day. Yeah, definitely. So I think I, I've been recruiting for 10 years now and I think that's been the biggest fundamental change that I've made to my day to day. And the amount of wins that I get, and of course, I'm a recruiter, right? So I'm using it for different reasons to what our listeners might be in terms of they're looking for work or maybe they're looking to hire people. Yep. But I think the key thing is that you have to be visible on LinkedIn because it's such a powerful tool. 100%, yeah. And I think if... You know, the first tip that I would give anybody if they want to use it to find work is your profile picture. And, you know, you see all these pictures of people, you know, on the golf course, wedding pictures given at that or in the pub or sunnies on at the beach, all that type of stuff. Yeah. It's just they're getting it completely wrong. And the, the, the research and the feedback I've had is that, your profile picture, it doesn't have to be professionally done. It can be on an iPhone. That's completely fine. But you need to understand that your LinkedIn profile is really a mini website that's representing you. So if there was a knock on your front door and at that front door is your potential new boss or new employer, how would you answer that door? And so it wouldn't be with beers in hand, no, sunglasses on. Golf course, all that type yeah. of stuff. You would answer the door. You would hope looking smart with a big smile saying welcome pleased to meet you so it's got to be that big smiling face not that kind of moody sort of look how cool i am type of thing yeah. all that arty stuff no it needs to be kind of like hey you'd answer the front door that's an easy that's an easy one for anybody to affect isn't it that's a, a five yeah. minute job yeah so you've got your linkedin profile picture right what would you do next i think the banner so you know the banner image mm -hmm. again where people love putting this arty sort of you know uh, pictures of fields and mountains and stuff mm -hmm. Like, when you connect with somebody, and we'll talk about that later, but when you connect with somebody, what they want to know 
within a second is why is this person relevant to me? And you're going to be connecting people based on the advice I'm going to give you as people in your audience. So if you're a business analyst, you'll connect with other business analysts or other PMs or other Java developers, whatever it might be, or other SAP consultants. And they want to see why is this person connected with me and why they're relevant. So if I was you, I'd jump on Canva, it's free, create a banner, and you'd put on something there like business analyst with over 15 years experience. Yeah, so it's visual, it's there. Yeah. You see it there quickly. D DM me if you'd like to discuss um, or DM me or private email address, wherever it might be, you'd put something on there so they can kind of reach out. Okay, you want to be contacted, probably not your mobile number, but you'd put kind of DM me or yeah. an email address or something like that. But so that as soon as you've connected with somebody, they can see, right, what this person does, or if they jump on your LinkedIn profile, they can see really clearly what you do. 100%, yeah. Um, so you've got to make sure that when someone sees your LinkedIn profile, they're seeing the right information, it's easy to view, it's quick, it's like a five second thing, and that person should know why you're connecting with them or why they're relevant to you. Yeah, and you have to be careful because there's a lot of technical job descriptions around nowadays and what you call a Java script engineer in one company might not be what you call a JavaScript engineer in another. So you need to use kind of more generic terms, yeah. if you like, that are relevant across the board and don't go super specific. You know, say an SAP professional, you might say, or a, um, a developer passionate about JavaScript or just keep it kind of more general yeah. and don't go super specific. That's good advice. So th there's another thing that I find is really useful um, and that's making sure that you're visible in terms of uh, how you interact with the platform. Yeah. So we employed this 2010-5 rule, which yeah. is connect with 20 people a day, uh, like 20, uh, sorry, like 10 things a day and comment five times. Yeah. You can do it in any order really, but as long as you're basically getting on there, liking content that's relevant to what you do and yeah. commenting on uh, discussions that are relevant to your space, your visibility will be much higher than those who are just sitting dormant on the platform, right? 100%, yeah. And you can, you can look at how LinkedIn rate your performance on on their tool by going to, I think it's your LinkedIn profile forward slash SSI forward slash sales and you can see how they score okay. you out of 100. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Based on you interacting and how you're engaging with relevant people within your audience. Yeah, right. So there's a, there's a guy that I'm connected with. I've never spoken to him. He pops up on my LinkedIn every day. He's always commenting on different scrum masters, different agile coaches. And to be honest with you, what he's saying, I don't agree with at all. Like he's one of them. I would never, yeah. I would never personally work with him, yeah. but I see him all the time. He's always visible. He's there. I know he's looking for work. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that everybody else in our network does as well. So if he was saying the right things, you oh, know, and, and, that, and that's my opinion anyway, he might be saying the right thing to other people, but he is it, he is definitely up there. And if you were looking for somebody with his skill set, you'd be seeing him every day. So what is he talking about when you're saying he's not the right thing? Is he talking about politics, religion or something? No, he, he's, he's talking about scrum mastery and agile oh, right, coaching, okay. but just in a really bizarre, almost like slightly venomous way. Right. Okay. So you've got to make sure that what you're saying is like not following the crowd, but if you're going to put something out there, make sure it actually makes you like an attractive prospect to a potential employer. Well, it sounds like he's been authentic. He's definitely been authentic, yeah. But maybe he's a bit of a tool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so again, that brings us on to, I suppose, you've got your profile set up. What do you then do? And one of the things we would definitely encourage is grow your audience. And, you know, if you're a, a project manager in tech, you know, you should be connecting really with other PMs. And definitely. You should be connecting with um, the types of organizations you potentially want to be working with. 
in the future or in the people within there. So is that, that like following those businesses sort of thing? Following them businesses so you can see what's going on there and also connecting with the people in there who are relevant. It might be, you know, other program managers, project managers, BAs, whatever it might be. But I'd be targeting that. If I was looking for work right now and if I was an SAP consultant, I would think about where do I want to work? Where are the projects? And it's the same with recruiters as well. I'd be connecting with those organizations and and making sure I'm then interacting definitely, with yeah. the, the content that comes out of there. That interaction piece is the big one, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, um, you know, you can tell a lot about a person by reading their content and seeing what they're posting. And I would also be then looking to post myself and let people see what I'm about. And, you know, the, the content that you can put out there, you can drop the odd personal post in there. It isn't Facebook, so you wouldn't be putting all personal, but, you know, Every now and then you put a personal post out there to see to show who the real you is so that people can see who you are and it should be authentic. The platform's changed loads in that regard, hasn't it? In that I reckon even just a few years ago, people wouldn't have been posting pictures of themselves or their dogs or their babies or whatever else, but that seems to be a lot more commonplace. Yeah, now. I think the COVID factor helped with people yeah. being at home and we saw all these selfies and whatnot of people in their rooms and bedrooms working and their, their kind of world. So I think that personal post works um, every now and then to show the real you. I think also, you know, if you want to come across as credible and if you've got this amazing background and experience, well, actually, you should be posting about what you are, you've actually achieved or Definitely, what you've yeah. done. And I'm not saying, you know, whack your CV up there or anything, but if you've delivered a project on time or if you've got a colleague who's done really well, a selfie with them saying, well done, Claire, Frank, John, whatever it might be, we delivered this. Or yeah. if you've got something that you've smashed and you've done really well with and you've knocked it out of the park, kind of put a post out there about it with your team or whatever it might be. And 100%. I think, I think a lot of people in that technology world um, forget to do that. That's really important. I was speaking to a lady, a scrum master down in Melbourne this week, uh, last week. Um, she's got some amazing experience, worked for some brilliant businesses. And when she messaged me, she was like, oh, I really like your post. It really resonates sort of thing. And often when you're writing the posts so or you're putting your content out there, you don't actually know if it's going to land yeah. and if anybody's reading it. But the amount of people that have come back to me and said, oh, I've seen your post or I've seen you this, I've seen you that, um, it does work. And she was somebody who had loads of experience, loads of knowledge yeah. that she could be posting and sharing with her network. And she was just a little bit shy to do that. And yeah. in her mind, she thought that the stuff that she was sharing was obvious and that people yeah. wouldn't learn from. And I thought that at first as well, but it's, it's absolutely not because you don't actually know necessarily who you're connected with. And there might be junior people who are up and coming who want to learn from you. Yeah, you have to think of it like this. If if you're connecting with all these people on the platform, think of it like a theater or the cinema. You've got you know a couple of hundred people there to see the, the movie. Mm. But the, you don't just sit there and observe. Actually, you should be giving them content and giving them your view and opinion. And you're very good at it. And what you bring every day, a lot of the time, is value. And again, you know, if I was a, a technical consultant or wherever it might be, I'd be sharing my thoughts and views and opinions about what yeah. I do so others can learn and then others can also see and interact and, and create a community around it. And and that value is really important, I think. And like you say, some people might think it's really obvious, but actually it's not to others. And um, you've done really well off the back of that. Yeah. Giving people tips and insights yeah. and, and what's going on in the market, this type of stuff. And especially if you can do it on a video and um, videos are shown to get a lot more interaction in terms of views and people interacting. Isn't mm. It's hard to get that right though, isn't it? The video 100%, yeah, the video thing. But I think what we've seen is it doesn't have to be this corporate sort of 
like really well produced video it can just be done on your laptop and yeah. be kind of that selfie vibe as long as it's authentic street. as long as it's authentic and real yeah and yeah. hear your accent and hear what you're about and nobody's perfect eh? it's so true these corporate videos don't really resonate with people that's right yeah yeah so all of that then so once you've got your linkedin profile set up you've started to interact with the platform that should put you in a position whereby you're visible to prospective employers you're networking with the right people and it should in theory give you half a chance of finding a role through the platform shouldn't it 100% because then you'd start connecting obviously with recruiters as well yeah, specialize sure. in yeah, what yeah. you do that's part of it I think we did a survey or we do a survey every year and there's a high percentage of people who do find work directly themselves and LinkedIn's a great tool to do that and again you know if I wanted to go and work at Nike you know what I would do is I'd do a search on Nike employees and I'd start connecting with them I'd let them start seeing my content and what I'm about and who I am and uh, get to know me and after a while I'd start commenting on their content and um, and you know I'd eventually reach out via the platform and say, "Could I pick your brains on that exactly topic?" Exactly the or, way to do it, yeah. Yeah, or here's my resume. I don't a know couple of selfies got... of you on the basketball or, court, or you all like... that type of stuff. Yeah, sure yeah, I do it. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I would do anyway. Cool, that's good. Um, all right, let's um, let's move on to some questions. Recently, been applying for jobs online and it's a massive effort. Why is it so laborious? Great question. Why is it so laborious? I'm not sure I necessarily know the answer to that. But I have, um, hopefully my wife won't mind me saying this, but she recently got a new job and I'm, I'm railroading here. Yeah, I'm taking the answer. Um, she, she spent a good amount of time applying for jobs directly with organizations. And often it was that you were required to upload your CV yeah. and then go through this really long online application process where you're almost like writing your CV again, putting in all your details again. And actually, and, and I suspect this is probably what this is getting at. It took so long to apply for those roles that it was putting her off. Yeah. And it's kind of like, well, if, if these organizations are struggling to find people and they make it so difficult for people to actually apply for the jobs directly, it's a bit of a, a no-brainer, isn't it? But I don't know why they do that. Yeah, it's up there. They see in the top three most stressful things of your life, like getting married, moving house, and looking for a new job. And um, I think if clients can make it a kind of seamless customer experience rather than that laborious yeah. sort of filling in loads of forms and chat boxes and chatbots and all that type of stuff. I, I think, wonder um, if, if it's maybe they're trying to automate as much of that application process as they can. They can maybe just cut people who don't hit certain criteria, who don't tick certain boxes. Yeah. And it then saves their internal talent teams from having to, to speak to those people. But I, I don't know why. If it was me, if I was responsible for a large corporate, I would put the responsibility for hiring down on that individual manager and make them yeah. accountable for it. Because I think it's a really important part of kind of um, attracting talent. And um, I think they should be part of that. And, you know, every CV that comes into our desktop, we're accountable for whether yeah. it's responding and not ghosting or getting back to them. And we get that wrong sometimes, of course we do. But I think it's the same. Um, for organizations as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sorry, we don't know the answer necessarily, but maybe we've shed some light on it. Um, all right, second question. So I've had a recruiter tell me recently that it's better to apply for a job through them instead of applying directly. Is that true? And if so, why? It depends on the recruiter. Yeah, it? and we're going to try and give you unbiased opinions here. Obviously, we're recruiters. I, I reckon it depends. Yes, I reckon it is better to use a recruiter if it is that your recruiter has got a genuine relationship with the organization, with the hiring manager, because what you'll find is, well, I'm going to talk about myself here, and this is not promotion, but 
if I'm working with an organization and I suggest that I'm going to put you forward for a role, I am guaranteeing you that the hiring manager is going to see your CV. I can't guarantee you much more than that, True, but at least yeah. I know they'll, they'll cast an eye on it and they'll make a call on your CV. I'll probably have a chat with them as well to give them an overview of who you are and what you're all about and do the sales thing. If you're applying for that same role directly, and often roles will be advertised by the organization and they'll use a recruiter yeah. in partnership, the chances are your CV is going into the inbox of a massively overworked talent acquisition consultant who will yeah. be working on 40 or 50 roles who may or may not see your CV. So in that instance, my advice would be to go through your recruiter and at least get your CV under the, the nose of the right person. If your recruiter is pulling a fast one and they don't have the genuine relationship and they're just trying to kind of get you in the mix and not do a dodgy, but like a chance in it, that could scupper your chances then if you wanted to make a direct application and it could complicate things. So let's do this. Let's assume that any recruiter that's been in the job for a decent period of time got through COVID and is still around now, mm. kicking goals that they're good, all right? So 100%, if your recruiter is skilled, I believe you're better off using the recruiter. Yeah. And it comes down to their influencing and their craft skills. So think about, we, we know that at Precision Sourcing, for example, that if we lock in three interviews, we've got 94% chance of filling the job. And that's where, for example, you might have a shortlist of four or five candidates mm. and you'll get the client on the phone and you'll talk about each of those people, explain their skills and experience, why you think they're a suitable fit, give them some background to who they are and what resonates culturally with that organization. Yeah, you'll influence the client to see that candidate because you've met that candidate and you're aware of them from meeting them and doing your references and them being in your community and network. Whereas when you apply direct and it's a cover sheet or a cover note, wherever it might be, and a CV, you And it takes you two hours to do the application. Yeah. And, you know, we've got the hiring manager's number generally or the talent team's number and we can influence and we can explain why believe, we believe this person's a suitable fit. So, you know, if we're assuming that every recruiter is decent, 100% you're better off going through a recruiter, in my view. I reckon you're right. I agree. I'm new to Sydney and I'm finding it hard to get my first role because I've got no local experience. What advice can you share? It's a good one. Yeah, we get this a lot, don't we? Yeah, we do, yeah. This, this is it's something that we help people with a lot. It is hard. Um, and there's no... There's no straight answer, really. It will it will very much depend on your circumstance, on your experience, and uh, yeah. on what you're trying to do, what t kind of job you're trying to get. But often, and a lot of people may disagree with this, you can make yourself a more attractive prospect, even if you don't have the local experience, by competing on salary. Yeah, And that's not to suggest that you have to sell yourself below your market rate necessarily, but if it is just a foot in the door that you're looking for and, and you know that getting that one bit of local experience on your CV is going to help to propel your career in the long term, it might be worthwhile flexing on, let's say it's 10 grand, um, 15 grand, something like that, to get your foot in the door. Yeah. And if a, if a client's got three CVs in front of them and they're all at 160 grand and yours is at 145 grand, but you've still got comparable experience just from international organizations, then I would be pretty confident that they'd give you a look because there's a cost-saving benefit to them as well. And actually, they're getting somebody just as good. 100%. The other thing as well, and, and we get this a lot, is I would Google and find out, you know, who are the best recruiters? Use LinkedIn. Who are the best recruiters in what you do in Sydney? 
find out who they are and get onto them, stalk them and get in front of them face to face and let them see, you know, that you dress well, you come across well, you're credible, you're tidy, you can talk through your CV and what you've yeah. achieved and you come across really well. And again, if they're a half decent recruiter, they'll come out of that thinking, I've really got to represent this person to help this person. They'll come out of there with kind of more energy and kind of enthusiasm for finding you a position. And I can think of like, it's a long time since I've been on the tools, but I can think of a candidate many years ago who'd came over from China and she asked to meet me. And, you know, one of the things I love to do and we love to do here is help people. And, you know, when you've got somebody from overseas coming to Australia, it's very daunting. And I remember meeting this lady and I came out of it inspired to want to help her. Yeah, you, did, you get buzzed up for it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And her CV, I could see she had good skills. Maybe her comms weren't great, but I was able to then get on the phone to a client and explain, I've met this person, her skills are unreal, and the background checks are really strong. And yeah, from a communication point of view, she's going to need a little bit of time. But when I see what she's doing now and how getting that foot in the door and she's moved other clients and stuff, it's really rewarding. So yeah, I think class. it is about kind of getting out there and identifying who the best recruiters are in what you do and then going and, and meeting them. 100%. And utilize LinkedIn in the way that we've just described. Yeah, right? 100%. Because that's yeah. going to do wonders for you. Um, all right. Uh, how short is too short for a contract rule? Oh, less than six months, I would say. Yeah. Three months is definitely too short. Too short. Now, I would have said three months several years ago, but now it's like, it's just no, no recruiter wants to fill a three-month contract. No, though. definitely not. We've all got too much on and too much going on. No candidate is really attracted to a three-month job because I think if they accept it, they're immediately got their kind of eye on the market. They're already looking on the it, next. Yeah. Yeah. So We've I won. think it's got to be a minimum of six months, ideally 12 months. What about from a job seeker's perspective, if they've got six months, three months, six months, six months on their CV, is that there's alarm bells there to just a point, look, isn't it? just it? doesn't look good, yeah. In the, in the current, like I've been working in this market for 15 years, and if I see that on a CV, it makes me want to understand what's going on yeah. and why they're jumping around. Because from the thousands of CVs that we look at constantly, and I'm talking about contractors and permanent, they're, they're generally there a long period of yeah. time. And they're decent people, and that you'll generally see that they've been hired again by the same employer with contractors as well. That's true, yeah. Um, so you notice that sort of trend and contracts are generally 12 plus months. So um, You need 12 months in a row to actually have an effect, don't you, in most cases? Yeah. So if you have been on site for any less than that, certainly anything less than six months, it's gonna, you're going to need to, unfortunately, you're going to need to explain it and yeah. we can help you to do that, but often the hiring organisation will view it as a bad thing. Yeah, definitely. Last one. I've interviewed recently and have been rejected for a role. I didn't get feedback. What can I do? It's not ideal, is it? It's not ideal. Happens a lot, though. It does happen, yeah. And it'll happen, I'm sure, um, very soon after this goes out as well. Somebody will say that Precision's done it. <laughs> and um, we are humans. We make mistakes. I completely understand that. how that must feel. Um, to not get feedback is unacceptable. And, you know, feedback makes you bitter or better. What I would say, and I've worked with hundreds of recruiters over the years is I would say again the best ones understand the importance of feedback and that it makes you bitter or better definitely and it's a real skill to be able to give a person feedback that they haven't got the job and why they haven't got the job and do it in a way whereby it comes across and the message really hits it's such an, an unenjoyable part oh, of the, the job as it's well. the worst especially when you buy into a candidate yeah and you know you've got to be 
hard on the problem, soft on the person. And that's a real skill and craft and art for recruiters. And I, I can think back to when I got into this industry, what my, it'll be 20 plus years ago, I can remember completely bottling it and putting that call off and that call yeah. off and that call off and using excuses like, oh, they found an internal candidate or, um, you know, there was just somebody else who had more X, Y, Z, whatever it might be, rather than giving them the real feedback of whatever that was yeah. because I wasn't brave enough and I hadn't been trained and coached how to do it. Whereas now, as you know, we're very much about that kind of feedback makes you bitter or better and giving people um, the honest feedback to help them so they can take it on board and then yeah. and develop. And, and that's challenging at times, especially when we get rookies joining our business and, you know, you might have a rookie working as a recruiter in our business who's 25, 26 years old, sometimes younger, and the candidate they're working with is like my age, yeah. 30. Three times their age. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's daunting, yeah? Um, but it's important that they un kind of definitely do that. I yeah. think um, I would say one in a hundred candidates that I work with will have a negative reaction to feedback yeah. that I give them, and it's, it's, it's a really rare thing. Um, I think another problem is that Often, we as recruiters struggle to get feedback from hiring yeah, organizations yeah. on behalf of the candidates we're working with. And we'll always push, or certainly the guys on our team in our business will always push to get that because we know it's important. And um, I can imagine that if you've made a direct application, you might very well just be getting one of those automated responses yeah. to say, like, nah, sorry, yeah, and you don't get the feedback. So it is hard. And um, like generally speaking, the more interviews you do, the better you'll get at the craft and... Um, you would hope that as part of that, you are getting feedback at each stage, but unfortunately it, it doesn't always happen. So all I would say is if you haven't got feedback and you want it, keep pushing either whoever it is internally that you've been working with at that particular business or your recruiter and they should go out and um, should go out and get the feedback for you. 100%, yeah. And, um, you know, reach out to that recruiter's hiring manager or the MD or whatever just to yeah, say, listen, push I, had, it, yeah. I had an interview with your recruiter there Johnny or whoever it was and I haven't got any feedback yet can you please help me so they're aware of it as well because it might be a learning challenge or it might be something wrong with their system or pro who knows definitely and then if that doesn't work like it's not ideal but you'd reach out to the client just say yeah. listen I interviewed with you three weeks ago four weeks ago I still haven't got any feedback what's going on yeah you shouldn't yeah, actually you'll probably have their email address yeah. from a, a VC interview yeah. that you've done yeah. um, cool alright we got through the questions Happy Thanks days. very much for that. Yeah, so listen, if anybody has got any questions that they want answered, um, shoot them through to myself, to Simon, in fact, to anybody in the Precision Business via LinkedIn, um, or you can email me, chris.coolthard at precisionsourcing.com.au, um, and we'll do our very best every week um, to get through some questions as well. All right, thanks very much for joining, Si. It's been a pleasure. How are we, man? Cheers, mate.